Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Scott Smith with us. Scott, let's talk a little bit about the work you've done on the visions of the Virgin Mary. How far back do you go? Do you go back to Fatima? Yeah, and um, there were were a lot of minor ones uh, as well. And I think that in Catholic culture, uh, there's probably many unreported ones. And I didn't go deep on this, but the most accessible and objective account I would recommend would be Scott Rogo's book called Miracles. And there's actually a photo of the Virgin Mary in the book appearing in Zaytun, Egypt, of all places. And the photo's probably not faked. Uh, this was taken many, many, many decades ago. Um, I think most of your listeners probably know there were about 40,000 people at Fatima who, uh, including a lot of atheists, who were witness to these repeated visions. And uh, they probably have heard that there was a silver disc uh, that appeared. Mm -hmm. They thought the sun came down. Yeah, something like that, that it was like a a weird sun that hovered, you know. And so the assumption by uh, people who believe in UFOs is, this is somehow part of a, uh, you know, a, a control system the aliens are trying to impose uh, by projecting these saints or these angels or, you know, whatever they are. Um, and he goes on to show uh, other impressive evidence for Catholicism as uh, a true religion, the incorruptibles. There's about a hundred of the saints whose bodies never decompose. I think everybody knows about the stigmata, the wounds of Christ, and some of the saints. Teresa of Avila was very well testified that she levitated. And um, there has been a recent documentary by William Friedkin, uh, who did The Exorcist, on the Vatican's last major exorcist. And um, he's an agnostic. So uh, it it seems like somebody wants us to believe in Catholicism. So um, the question is why and, you know, how would how should one respond to that if you're not Catholic? And what, I, what he says is, first of all, understand these are not just... The, a lot of this stuff can't be dismissed as psychosomatic, as the skeptics would. Uh, and uh, it can't... These things like the stigmata or the, certainly the... Um, the uh, incorruptible bodies can't be said uh, just to be some kind of psychological or wishful thinking or anything like that. There has to be a psychic element that goes with this. And uh, in the case of these uh, alleged saints or angels that mm-hmm. appear to people, if you accept this as evidence for Catholicism, then how do you explain the Hindu gods appearing, and Richard Thompson's Alien Identities gives lots of examples of that. What about Mohammed, who uh, I spent time in Saudi Arabia, and Mohammed wrote um, or dictated a very beautiful uh, Arabic uh, that would be beyond his uh, literate abilities. It was basically illiterate, and he would memorize all these revelations. Or more closer to home for me, the angel Moroni appearing to Joseph Smith. And uh, Harold Bloom um, wrote a book called The American Religion. He's a famous literary critic, and, and he pointed out that Joseph Smith was one of the few people who could make other people see his visions. And there were hundreds of people who said they saw angels at the 
uh, Kirtland Temple dedication. So the point is, supernatural manifestations of angels and saints, uh, you can't say, oh, well, that is the religion. Uh, the Mormons probably, in their history, would say they take, uh, they and the Catholics are probably contenders for the uh, the gold cup for having these kind of things. So I think they do go with uh, truth. I do think that if something has a real supernatural core to it, there will be these things. But you can't take these on face value as evidence that the Bible or the Quran or the Book of Mormon uh, are the only path. But uh, but I learned a lot from it, which is that uh, there there's a tr- this tremendous tradition of witnesses, uh, uh, you know, from Mexico to Portugal uh, and Yugoslavia and so forth, where uh, they have, you know, thousands of people have witnessed these entities that appear to them. So it's an intriguing and kind of underreported, underappreciated phenomenon. And it's amazing, Scott, uh, how you've tied UFOs into these things, too. How did that happen? Well, um, I originally thought that, oh, these must just be extraterrestrials. And so on the one hand, uh, I was just kind of curious. I didn't think I'd find an answer um, about this, about whether there was any kind of evidence for it. And I was astonished by a couple of things, which I recount in one of my chapters, and that is, if you take uh, some of the best-known sightings, and I, I give a few of these, uh, and then you go back and read the books by the skeptics that are supposedly refuting these uh, events, uh, it's absolutely amazing how often they either lie or they're lying to themselves because you can compare the original uh, events and then go back and see what they say happened and then their explanations don't make any sense and um, probably the most famous defector from uh, the skeptical field was J. Allen Hynek. There's this mm-hmm. new TV program, the Blue Book Project, I think it's called. On the History the Project Show. Blue Book. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he was the official debunker of UFOs for the Air Force when there was all this hysteria. And then he flipped. Yeah, and he founded the Center for UFO Studies, and his right-hand guy was Jacques Vallée, who went on to become a great theorist about what these phenomena could be. So... Um, when I looked into this, I was really impressed with uh, how much evidence, hard evidence there was that something was there. You know, uh, experienced pilots, radar, burns on the ground, you know, all this kind of stuff. There were even, uh, as probably a lot of your listeners know, uh, a whole wave in the Hudson Valley in New York where maybe 5,000 people saw these. Right. Great sightings. Yeah. Great. It, it, it's a Astounding how much information is, and yet when you talk to the skeptics, oh, there's nothing proven. This would have to take a great government conspiracy to cover this up and so forth. And it's really just another example of how close-minded and uninformed these guys are. Now, my thinking on all this has evolved. In the book, I don't bring up the abduction thing or what this phenomenon really could be because I want to focus people on the hard evidence because the message there is we don't know what these things are. They're worth studying. And this is where the so-called skeptics 
actually reveal themselves to be debunkers who have no interest in the truth. Because if they weren't afraid of this stuff, if they didn't see all these so-called paranormal things as a slippery slope to belief in God, they wouldn't be so irrational about it. And the whole history of UFOs is filled with lies, not just from the government, but from their so-called scientific co-conspirators. And uh, the, some of the cases I cite in the book are beyond any kind of explanation. So I show exactly how the, the defenders of the atheist skeptic position try to uh, blow smoke and dismiss all these things. And, um, but eventually, I came around to Jacques Vallée's theory, which is these entities really aren't extraterrestrials. There might be some. Some of these might just be people from another planet who landed and realized we were too crazy to mess with. And, you know, that's why they don't uh, land on the proverbial White House lawn. But it, I think it's more of a paranormal phenomenon than uh, than like uh, hard uh, flying saucer technology in most cases. You know, when we look at all of this, Scott, let me ask you the $64,000 question, and that is, in your opinion, what is God? Okay, yes. Uh, I may have to raise my price to answer this here. Right. Maybe uh, 84000 <laughs> Uh So... Here, here, I, I, you can, as I said, I reverse engineered the answer to these things to try to figure out what was wrong with conventional wisdom, and and what I, what I have to say, and I and I respect people's spirituality, and if people are happy with their path, they can go to the refrigerator and get a snack. Why I explain this, because it's really quite obvious that the traditional notion of God doesn't really work very well. And and the atheists, to some extent, understand this. But let's just consider for a moment the assumption that God is all-knowing and all-powerful. So he gave us genetics. He put us in our social circumstances to which we were born. This helped form our personalities. And most people don't know this, but the subconscious has been proven to be literally a million times more powerful than that little chattering monkey we call the conscious mind. And also, all of this means that our physical and mental weaknesses, whether it be schizophrenia or a tendency to cancer or whatever, uh, you know, we're loaded up with all this programming. And then supposedly God waved a magic wand called free will, absolving him for any responsibility for what happens to us. And yet, we're supposed to find the truth, we're supposed to believe in the true religion, uh, behave in a certain way according to the current interpretation, and then try to get to heaven, basically, to kind of make it really simple. And, and Eastern philosophy really isn't any better because uh, it turns reincarnation karma into this all-powerful, all-knowing God. Uh, the, but it, this whole notion breaks down when you think about it, because uh, the chaos of the world that we're thrown into, at right down to the quantum level, makes it impossible for a god or any great psychic to predict what's going to happen. There's too many moving parts here. Most people... Uh, don't even realize how, why they've had bad relationships. Uh, Harville Hendricks wrote a book called um, 
getting the love you want, where he says, you know, in your first few months of life, uh, your behavior in relationships is pretty much set in concrete. Uh, I think it was St. Paul said, I don't know why it is I do the things I do, something to that effect. Uh, We don't realize that we are really puppets of our subconscious. Now, into this crazy world, we're supposedly being put by a loving God who wants us to come to heaven or whatever the faith says. And yet, uh, when you get dig back into history, you realize a quarter of all the people who were born, 100 billion people, uh, died in early childhood. So how does this square either with the notion of the monotheistic religions that were supposed to, you know, lead a life, obey the commandments, or the Eastern religions that, oops, we didn't do everything right, we're going to come back and do it better a second or third or tenth time. Furthermore, what about evolution? Uh, As I show in my book, there is no evidence that God or aliens guided evolution. I mean, it took 500 million years, 180 million years for the dinosaurs. That was kind of a a wasteful detour on the way to humans who only emerged about 200,000 years ago. So it does it there's no evidence for intelligence design that doesn't sound like a god who's all powerful moving these things along but then think about this why did this loving god not reveal the existence of germs or even san- the need for sanitation or at least give us anesthesia so we didn't have to suffer so much um but it's worse than that i would say uh think about our our lives, what is it that relates to the eternal? If we are here to try to become more spiritual people, whether by Eastern or Western religious standards, uh, consider the lives throughout history. Most people were preoccupied with just trying not to starve. But even now in the 21st century, we spend a third of our lives either studying for work or commuting working, a third sleeping, and the rest of the time we're fooling around with our Twitter feed or watching sports or something like that. What what does any of this have to do with that? So you have to say the concept of God that is depicted in religious scripture can't possibly be right. So, But would you say atheists are wrong? Atheists are, are right about the fact that the traditional notion of God doesn't make any sense, that we are put here, you know, God placed us here in order for us to spiritually develop. Uh, There's way too much suffering for a loving God to have just thrown us into the mix. So I'm sympathetic to their feeling. Their problem is they're not interested in God. They want to deny any kind of supernatural paranormal thing, and that's where they go wrong. They're as, as superstitious as the most uh, uh, fundamentalist uh, is, uh, it's just they have a different kind of religion. When I talk to them, they'll always say, well, so-and-so professor at Berkeley says there's no ESP, just to give you an example. And I say, well, why don't you read a book on the latest scientific research? Nope, I've been told that's nonsense. That's exactly like the Catholic who says, well, I can't read that book. The bishop said it's on the blacklist. They won't even look. They won't even Right. So you have these two extremes. So I think people who accept the fact that reality is a lot more complicated than we think, there's a greater reality out there of multiple dimensions, we ought to be curious about it. You know, maybe there's some help out there. 
Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.